You're listening to Oliver's Insights with Dr. Shane Oliver. This podcast is part of AMP's Simplifying Investing podcast series. In today's episode, AMP's Chief Economist walks you through everything you need to know about the Reserve Bank's latest rate hike. With further rises in the cash rate expected in the future, what impact will it all have on your budget bottom line? And what effect will falling confidence in home prices have on the RBA's tightening? Dr. Oliver takes a look at this and much more. Now, before we jump into things, a quick reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what is right for you. Any general tax information provided is intended as a guide only. With that out of the way, here's Shane. Thanks, Adam, and good day, everyone. Today we're going to talk about interest rates. It's a bit hard not to, given the second hike in a row by the Reserve Bank. Of course, the Reserve Bank raised the cash rate by 0.5%, taking it to 0.85%. This was roughly in line with what we're expecting. Well, to be honest, we're expecting a 0.4% hike, but thought the risk, if anything, was that it would be higher rather than lower, so we weren't particularly surprised by the 0.5% hike. By the same token, most economists were looking for a 0.25% hike and the money market was only looking for a 0.3% hike, so generally speaking, the market was surprised. That's why you've seen somewhat of a hawkish reaction in shares and other assets and the money market moved to factor in even more rate hikes. In justifying the move, the RBA wasn't particularly surprising. It cited the resilient economy, the strong labour market with 3.9% unemployment, the bank's business liaison, that's basically where they talk to businesses, pointing to high wages growth and inflation expected to now be higher than what they're expecting just a month ago, particularly given higher prices for electricity, gas, and now petrol. So all of those things um, justified the move. I think the move was consistent with other central banks who have also stepped up the pace of tightening in recent months, including central banks in New Zealand, Canada, and likely soon in the US. Basically, they've come to the view that inflation is a big problem and they need to get ahead of it, otherwise inflation expectations will rise. That, combined with the fact that we were starting from emergency low levels of interest rates, due to the pandemic, explains why the 0.5% rate hike was the biggest hike in 22 years. The RBA's commentary was also very hawkish, saying that it will do what is necessary to return inflation to target, and this will likely require more interest rate hikes ahead, although it didn't actually say that. It said further steps in the process of normalising monetary conditions, which is shorthand for raising interest rates again. No surprise, of course, the banks will pass those uh, that rate hike on to their customers for variable rates and fixed mortgage rates and already anticipated this. We saw typical fixed mortgage rates rise from around 2% or just less a year ago, currently pushing around 5%. My view is that the Reserve Bank didn't really have any choice. Supply constraints, yes, are a big factor pushing inflation higher. Things like the pandemic, the impact of the pandemic on production, the war in Ukraine, the floods, all those problems associated with the Australian energy industry at present. Um, The fact that we've got uh, something like a quarter of power supply out of action, um, coal-fired power units out of action at present, which is a major problem. So the Reserve Bank can't do anything about any of those things by raising interest rates, but they still had to raise interest rates. Bunch of reasons for this. It's not just a lack of supply causing inflation. We also have very strong demand. Retail sales, for example, are about 15% above their long-term trend. 
I think it's also very hard to justify cash rates down at these still very low levels if you've got an economy growing at three to three and a half percent. We've got unemployment below 3.9%. In fact, it rounds down to 3.85%, which is the lowest since 1974. And we've got inflation at 5% and still rising. So it makes sense to normalise monetary conditions given those circumstances. Thirdly, inflation pressures are still building. They're not peaking out. They're still going down. They may be peaking in the US, but in Australia, we've got these problems with power prices going up, petrol back above $2 a litre, Rents are starting to rise rapidly. Supermarkets are warning of more price hikes. Likelihood is that we're going to see inflation rise to around 7% over the second half of this year, which is well above RBA expectations for a rise and a peak to 6%. Fourthly, the reality of the 1960s and 70s tells us that the longer inflation stays high, the more inflation expectations will rise and therefore high inflation will get built into price and wage setting making it even harder to get inflation back down again without having a recession. So if the Reserve Bank is serious about its commitment to the 2 to 3% inflation target, it has to back it up with actions. And of course, that is what it's doing. And the final point to note is that the global backdrop now of bigger government, a long period of ultra-easy monetary policy through, through, or, the, or in the run-up and then through the pandemic, big budget deficits, the reversal of globalisation and the decline of the proportion of workers relative to consumers, all of those things point to higher inflation structurally over the next, say, five to 10 years than we've seen over the last 30 to 40 years when we moved into a world of low inflation. So these things mean central banks have to work harder to keep inflation under control. Now, I guess the big question is how high will the cash rate go? It's currently at 0.85%. The money market is talking about rates of 4% or more. In fact, uh, soon after the announcement by the Reserve Bank, the money market or the futures market moved the cash rate expectation up to 4.5% by the middle of next year. So there's a bunch of factors on the hawkish side. There's also a bunch of factors on the dovish side, as you would always expect. That's the nature of a market. But trying to get a handle on precisely where the cash rate will peak out is a bit of a guessing game, to be honest with you. I don't have a perfect crystal ball. On the hawkish side, you can point to the fact that households have built up a lot of excess saving over the last couple of years, $250 billion to be precise. Uh, many of that saving sits in deposits. Bank deposits are 25% up on where they were at the end of 2019. And many households have paid down their mortgage mortgage debt more rapidly and they're well ahead on their payments. So that imparts a degree of resilience to the household sector, which some I think are using to argue that cash rates need to go up a lot. And this partly underpins even some of the Reserve Bank's thinking and of course the market's expectation that uh, the cash rate will head up to 3% by the end of the year now and 4.5% by mid next year. I tend to think that's a little bit overdone. And there's a bunch of reasons for this when you're thinking about it. And ultimately, I think that the cash rate won't have to go that high for the Reserve Bank to achieve its aim of cooling demand enough to take pressure off inflation and to keep inflation expectations down. The first thing to note is that, yes, many households are ahead on their mortgages and wealth levels have gone up relative to debt. But the problem is that there's about a third of households are actually going to see quite a sharp increase in their actual payments. The Reserve Bank, for example, estimated that around 25% of variable rate borrowers would see a 30% or more rise in their mortgage payments. Just think about it, someone who recently borrowed in Sydney, the average new loan in Sydney is $800,000 or in New South Wales, $800,000, massive amount. If the official cash rate rises to 2.5% by the end of the year, 
mortgage payments on that debt would rise by more than $1,000 a month. Massive impost, massive impact on the household budget. So that suggests one should be a little bit cautious about this. Secondly, the Reserve Bank wants to slow things down. It doesn't want to crash the economy. So it's going to be looking pretty closely at indicators of spending and things like house prices. Now I say that knowing full well the Reserve Bank does not target house prices, but it does know that movements in house prices impact wealth, which in turn impacts spending. And of course, right now, house prices are starting to fall, which brings me to my third point, and that is it looks like the RBA is actually starting to get some traction. Consumer confidence is falling quite sharply. We've seen house prices decline nationally now. The national average house price is down and Sydney and Melbourne have been falling for some months. So that tells me that monetary tightening is already occurring. And interestingly, all of the tightenings that occurred in 19, or the start of tightening cycles in August 1994, November 1999, May 2002, October 2009, all occurred with positive house price growth. And it was actually quite strong. And likewise, all of those tightenings occurred when consumer confidence was significantly higher than it is at present. In fact, we're starting from a point of below average consumer confidence. So very different circumstance today compared to the start of past tightening cycles, which suggests to me that this tightening cycle will be somewhat limited. Now, there's a bunch of reasons why we're seeing these indicators look somewhat soft. Obviously, the housing market had a huge run up and got too expensive, and maybe we're seeing a bit of mean reversion there. But I think the broader picture is we're seeing greater sensitivity to interest rate movements, reflecting high levels of household debt. The reality is the tightening cycle by the Reserve Bank actually started way before the cash rate went up. It started last year when the Reserve Bank ended cheap funding to the banks and also ended the 0.1% bond yield target. And that pushed up fixed mortgage rates from around 2%, currently around 5%, and pulled the rug out from under the housing boom way before the Reserve Bank started raising the cash rate. And finally, you're seeing a massive hit to real household incomes. Inflation right now running at 5%. Could, as far as we know, it could actually be around 6% given the surge in prices we've been seeing lately. But let's take the official numbers, 5%. Wages growth about 2.5%. Big decline in real wages. If you look at the last 20 years, you don't see any decline in real wages of that magnitude. So all of these things, I think, are combining to result in a much greater sensitivity to monetary tightening than we've seen in the past. But regardless of the precise drivers, the bottom line is that the Reserve Bank tightening is already getting traction. That tightening started last year, long before the Reserve Bank started to raise the cash rate. So you can't just look at the cash rate. We're looking at house prices falling, and this is the subject of last week's podcast, by around 10 to 15% top to bottom. And that's going to weigh on consumer spending via negative wealth effects. I'm not saying the Reserve Bank targets house prices, they don't, but they do take account of the impact of movements in the housing market on consumer spending and the broader economy. So the bottom line in all of this, I think, is that yes, the Reserve Bank will be raising interest rates again in the months ahead. We may see another 50 basis point hike come the July meeting and maybe a few more by year end. But ultimately, we see the cash rate by the end of the year getting to a range of one and a half to two percent. And the peak will probably come somewhere in the range of 2 to 2.5% by mid next year. This ultimately is well below money market expectations for a rise to above 4%. Now, I guess that uh, would be, come as a relief to some, but obviously there's still a fair amount of pain before we get to that point. Final point to note is that given the move by the Reserve Bank, as I said, we we're expecting a 0.4% hike, turned out to be 0.5%. Um, not that greatly different to what we're expecting. 
Um, as a consequence, we haven't really changed our cash rate forecast. Those numbers I just mentioned were our forecast before the Reserve Bank's announcement on Tuesday. And likewise, we continue to expect that house prices will fall 10 to 15% over the next 18 months. But I would have to say that given the fact that those house price declines are coming in earlier and the Reserve Bank is more aggressive up front, then that probably means a lot of the pain in terms of the house price declines for those who own a home will occur earlier rather than um, through the latter part of next year. In other words, that decline will be more front-loaded than perhaps we had previously been expecting. Anyway, I hope this has been of value. All the best. Try and stay warm if you're in Australia, particularly in the southern, more southern states. Um, until we meet again, adios. Thank you. Dr Shane Oliver there breaking down the latest rate hike from the nation's central bank. Now to stay up to date on all the latest from Dr Oliver and the Simplifying Investing series more broadly, subscribe to the podcast series on your favourite streaming platform. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, a quick reminder, all topics discussed today are general in nature and haven't taken your personal circumstances into account. That's why it's important that you seek out tailored financial advice that is relevant to your personal circumstances before making any important financial decisions.